Do you ever feel like your life is moving too fast? That more and more of your time is taken up by distractions? Me too. But what happens when those distractions take over and years go by without a second thought? Eventually, it will become too much and, well, you'll be faced with a choice. Double down or admit defeat. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. <laughs> yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, bringing you the story of a man who refused to take stock of what his life had become until he was forced to see the error of his ways. We'll find out what really makes a life worth living on today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Let's get to it, folks. It's our classic story, Second Best. There you are. Hi, honey. I was beginning to think you weren't coming home at all. There hasn't been a time I've not come home. Oh, I know, but you hate it, and I know it. I don't hate it. What's upsetting you so? Why shouldn't I be upset? This evening, out of all evenings, you took the late train home. Usual train, Lauren. There was some sort of delay on the line that made us late. Oh, some sort of delay, huh? Maybe I should call the railroad and make sure that was it. <sighs> I don't understand what's gotten into you. Well, had you been here, then you could have taken the call. But instead, here I was alone having to hear the news. What news? Oh, it's nothing. Just our son, calling from jail. When Shakespeare wrote, the world is too much with us, the London of his day, crowded though it was, could not have been nearly so much with us as is our world today. In all times, though, the world has pressed in uncomfortably and with confusion. We find ourselves moving in a hurried crowd, running faster and faster just to keep from being trampled or elbowing to move ahead a little. No wonder then there's always been a need to escape, at least for an hour, a day, or a week. To stop running, to stand aside, to catch our breath and bearings. Sooner or later it becomes completely necessary to face yourself and think. Many seek retreats looking for answers. Some are desperate, near suicide, or divorce, or complete nervous breakdowns. Others simply realize that answers they've accepted as right and true for years no longer seem either right or true. This was the case with the man whose story we have to tell. You'll hear it now. The classic true story of a man we're calling David in this episode called Second Best, right now on Unshackled. I don't really like to hide behind a name that isn't mine, but for now, it is best as some others are involved. The rest of it, though, the spiritual retreat, the dissatisfaction with myself, and the old standards are all so true. The beginnings of it all go far into the past, but it all came to a head very recently. Really, I suppose it was just after our son became involved in serious trouble. The first I knew of that was when Lauren met me at the door, crying. 
It's been on the evening news. And surely tomorrow Max's mugshot will be published. What did he do? <laughs> oh, he led some kind of riot at the state capitol building. And, and when they arrested him, he had pockets full of drugs. <laughs> Nothing like exacerbating your problems. <laughs> what do you mean? Think about it. If you were planning to lead a riot, wouldn't you make sure you didn't have something illegal on you? That's what you're upset about? That he didn't think better? Do you understand what our son's involved in? I am upset. Then why aren't you calling your attorneys? I don't want to. You're willing to let our boy spend the night in jail? Our boy is 22 years old. He's a grown man physically, legally, and I think intellectually, emotionally, probably not. He's also your child and mine. <laughs> This reminds me of the young girl I saw the other night on TV. She and some others had been demonstrating illegally. When the police let her pass the camera, she screamed, Look what they're doing to your children! Well? Well, it crossed my mind that one part of the problem is that so many people with adult bodies like to think of themselves as children, and so in some way exempt themselves from full adult responsibility. Just tell me you're getting Max out of jail. No. Oh, David! It's still a no, Lauren. Clearly, my decision kicked the hornet's nest within our family. But I thought Max needed to grow up and learn lessons. The ones Lauren and I had obviously failed to teach him while raising him. Bailing him out whenever he faced trouble wasn't keeping Max out of trouble, and it certainly wasn't keeping the hornets away. So what's the suitcase for? Let's get out of town for a few days. David, our son is sitting in jail and you want to leave town? Yes, come with me. Uh, wh where are you going? I, I don't know, but remember Alan Farrell, my best friend growing up? Yeah, you mentioned him? Well, Alan holds these spiritual retreats up at Camden Lake and... <laughs> A spiritual retreat? Well, what's so you? amusing about that? <laughs> Who are you trying to fool? No one, least of all myself. Well, I'm not coming. Why not? It'd do us both good to get away and relax. You think I need a spiritual retreat with everything we have going on? Well, our life's collapsing down around us, so maybe it'd be a good time to stand back and try for some sort of perspective. <sighs> When was the last time you even seen Alan? I haven't heard his name it's in... It's been a while, but our paths cross occasionally, usually at the strangest times. Well, when you allow your own child to spend the night in jail, that certainly qualifies as one of these strangest times. That's not what I'm doing. You send Alan my best. <laughs> Seeing you play some meditative monk is just <sighs> a bit too much for me. I did feel guilty leaving Lauren to deal with the mess life had become. And I pulled out of the driveway, not knowing what the answer was, just hoping that I'd come to some peace and resolve. But the drive didn't do any good for my state of mind. Why does this have to be such a gloomy day? It's like there cannot be sunshine in any part of my life. What are you gonna say, David, when you see your son? What are you going to say to Alan at the retreat? Hi, Alan. At the age of 55, I run a successful publishing business, live in an amazing house with a beautiful wife, and yet I can't hold it all together. The anxiety setting in wasn't just about my son. 
it was so much more than that. I was a failure, and this proved it. But at that point, I wasn't aware of how deep that failing went. Arriving late for the retreat? <laughs> you can say that. Are you registered? No. Well, that's no problem. Uh, here's a room key and a copy of the week's schedule. Now, right now, uh, Alan Farrell is speaking in the main meeting hall, if you wanted to catch that. I will check that out. Thanks. Approaching the hall, I could hear Alan's voice, only slightly affected by the passing years. I slipped into the back. The open pavilion was filled with over a hundred people, and I wondered if they were all in desperate life situations like me. The evidence of the centuries is clear. And no one naturally wants to hear and to heed the will of God. No one naturally wants to come to God. This is our very nature, to want to avoid God. Genesis 3 says, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So it was then, so it is today. God, through Jesus Christ, has come seeking a lost humanity. And if we hide ourselves from the presence of the Lord God, it is because we, true descendants of Adam, can't bear the idea of submission. Our own ambition for ourselves blinds us to the fact that God's ambitions for us are far above any we could plan. And so, we settle again and again for second best. And in the things of eternity, second best is no better than the very worst. God bless you all. I look forward to praying with all of you at daybreak by the lake. Alan. Hey, Alan. Yes? <laughs> David! <laughs> Lord bless you, man. I, I can't believe you're here. Where's Lauren? Did you bring her with you? No, she decided against making the trip. I see. Well, uh, how have you been? The fact that I'm here should say enough. Troubles, huh? Big troubles. Yeah. Maybe I should say that I saw Max's police photo in the news. I'm sorry about that, David. Thank you. Uh, but that isn't really what brings me here. It's one of the things. It's another item in evidence to show that I'm a complete failure, but it isn't the only one. I, I got quite a bit of proof. So you came because you consider yourself a failure? I don't consider myself a failure. I recognize in myself that I am. It's a fact I've been blind to until now. I see. Many men feel this at our age, you know. I'm not going through some stage, Alan. I'm coming face to face with myself. If that's true, then it's an answer to my prayers of many years standing. Oh, you're saying you've prayed for me to come to a place in life like this? Not this specific set of circumstances, but I've prayed that God would bring you to the point where you'd see that your own best efforts come to nothing. You'd do anything to see me become a Christian, wouldn't you? Very nearly. I've seen you come so close, and more than once, too. I remember the first. Do you? Very well. We were in our last year of college. I just had an experience of conversion, and I came back to the dorm to tell you about it. Did you ever have the feeling, David, that you were seeing the entire world through a window that has always been dirty, and now was suddenly perfectly clear? Once, when I drank too much, <laughs> turned out I was mistaken, too. 
In the morning, the windows of my mind were far dingier than usual. Same thing. I suppose with anything at the human level. But the thing that just happened to me is on God's level. And that seems to make all the difference. God's level. What's happened to you? I don't really know all of what's happened to me. I suspect I'll spend the rest of my life, and then some, finding out. You make it sound like a mystery? In some ways it is. But there's nothing mysterious about the fact that I've lived my life until now without regard for God. How do you know? How do you even know who or what God is, if he is? The Bible, of course. I, I don't know why I've ignored it so long. I've read the philosophers and expected them to show me the truth about the universe and about myself, and they haven't done it. And all the time, I've been overlooking the only really true source of that information there is. Meaning the Bible? Right. This man I heard tonight opened it all up. The Bible says we're created in the image of God, and so we're important. Wonderful. But it also says that because of the rebellion against God, we're lost. You believe that? It's the only reasonable explanation I've found for what mankind is, what I am. It's the only explanation that makes life anything but pointless. Isn't it pointless to be lost, as you put it? It would be, if God hadn't provided a remedy, but he did. Christ died at a definite time and place in history and rose again, and so performed a finished work. When we receive that free gift of God's grace by faith, then we're not lost. I suppose, as the revivalist preachers put it, we're saved? I know it's an old word, but there really isn't any other. And all this happened to you tonight. Right. And the important thing now, David, is that it can happen to you. Look, I'll never make fun of another man's beliefs, but I want you to respect my right to say no, loud and clear, because no, Alan, this isn't for me. Well, I guess I meant it. I've stuck with it for more than 30 years, and you've upheld your decision, too. Have you ever regretted it? Never. Oh, things haven't always been easy. Seeing so much of the work we've done overseas destroyed by revolution, being driven out of a country whose people we've learned to love, seeing people like yourself, David, making that one great wrong choice, and than ever after choosing second best. <laughs> that would make a great epitaph, wouldn't it? What? He never chose worse than second best. Win, place, show. I guess I've always placed. Why? <laughs> well, there's a saying I've heard. God always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. And I've always made choices for myself. That was inevitable. Once you made that first choice. The one about Christ. Yeah. Reject God's favor on that basic point, and you're certain to reject him right down the line. So, second best. Alan, I want you to believe I've never deliberately made bad choices. I've done what I thought was best, and for good reasons. Most folks do. Your choices haven't been bad, just inadequate. Right now, I'm inadequate. <laughs> I, I have a son in jail, a wife who resents me, and I don't know what to do. Also, I'm exhausted. Maybe I'd best get some sleep. Not a bad idea. We have an early morning prayer time down at the lake at 7. Why don't you and I meet there an hour earlier? All right. Of course, tired as I am, I may not be able to sleep. If that happens, you might do a little reading in the Bible. There's one in every room. Start with the 139th Psalm. When you read it, 
you won't feel quite so alone in the world. See you at six by the lake. Folks, we'll get back to David's progress in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry brings stories powered by the gospel to people all over the globe and how you can help. Unshackled is now in its 73rd year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, let's get back to David's story. Now, back to the story of David. Very early the following morning, he found his way to the lake. Mist was still rising from the placid water, disturbed only when a fish broke the surface to snatch some insect. Early as it was, Alan Farrell was already there, sitting quietly on a beach. Morning, Alan. Very beautiful morning it is. Must have been something like this when God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. <laughs> Must have been before he made man. No, but it was before man made his first choice. And chose second best? Exactly. Man chose rebellion. And so now, each one of us has to make a conscious decision to give up the rebellion. That isn't easy. Impossible, if not for Christ. Paul, who had been a Pharisee and a very zealous man, wrote, For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. And then he added, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And a moment later, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not in the flesh, but after the Spirit. Only in Christ are we able to end our rebellion against God. That decision is our first best choice. You know, I haven't made a lot of best choices. My marriage, for one. I wasn't going to bring that up. Well, it's out there now. I had always hoped you'd marry April, Lauren's sister. She was such a pretty girl with a lovely personality. You know why I didn't. Why? Because she was like you. A true believer, as she called it. She said she'd only marry a Christian man and that she wanted to go into foreign mission fields and that just wasn't for me. I remember how you fought both those propositions. Exactly. What you don't know, though, is Lauren involved herself in making the conflict worse. David, don't go. I hate to see you leave this way. I suppose you overheard my conversation with April? Well, yeah, I heard bits and pieces. I'm sorry, David. 
April just really doesn't understand you. I have plans for a publishing business, good plans. I can't drop those because April wants to go off to some far corner of the world. Well, you shouldn't drop those plans. And she shouldn't expect you to, David. Uh, I, I hope you don't misunderstand me, but my sister is somewhat of a religious fanatic. That's exactly what I've been thinking myself. Oh, you're a good man, David. You can make a publishing house a real force for good in the world. Can you really see that, Lauren? Yeah, I can. It's as plain as day. And you can make a financial success of yourself while you're doing good. Lauren, I don't want to sound disloyal, but I'm beginning to see that you and I have more in common than your sister and me. Does that offend you? No, David. How could any woman, any real woman, be offended by that. I completely agree with you. I'm afraid our marriage is on the rocks. Maybe part of it's always been. I'm sorry to hear that. But I've seen some battered marriages made good when people have received Christ and pursued him together. Are you suggesting that God is concerned about such minor things as that? Of course. And about things even less important in our eyes. Did you go right to sleep last night, or did you read the scriptures I suggested? I read it, and you were right. It took away any feeling of being alone. Let's look at it again. It's God's perfect knowledge of man. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If God is like that, then I almost have no other choice but to trust him. That psalm was written by a king whose name you share. There was a King David? Yes. And he turned from God and took matters into his own hands as well. Really? That's in the Bible? The Bible is filled with stories that will shock and awe you. What did King David do? Killed a giant as a lad, became king, and after committing adultery and murder and trying to cover it all up, turned back to God and his ways. They have someone like that in the Bible? <laughs> it is filled with such characters. And God knows which ways we will go. He does. And he hopes you receive his atoning sacrifice for your sin and invite Jesus to be the Lord over your life. Do you think this offer stands to someone like me who's resisted so much? Yes, it certainly does. And then you can leave your life in his hands. Follow him, the Bible says, and he will make your paths straight. It'd be so reassuring to have his leadership to experience his peace. Yes. It is. What about my wife? What about my son? You can't make this decision for them, David. No one can do this for another. 
but your first step toward helping them to find eternal life is to find it yourself. How? What's the ritual? There isn't one. What happens is a deeply serious personal agreement between you and the Lord. It's a verbal contract, a contract of complete submission to the one true living God, written in your heart. And with it made, your name will be written forever in the book of life. David did make that personal agreement with the Lord that morning. And because of it, he has since made a series of choices that have not been second best. God is working in his marriage and in the life of his son. And David's real name is written forever in the book of life. Listening friend, what about your name? The living Lord who gave new life to this man waits to do the same for all who come to him. He says, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. If you so desire this ultimate gift of salvation, please call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Or you can get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast, and don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Folks, keep an ear out because the winner of our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast will be announced next week right here on the podcast. We're so excited to send out a beautiful scripture plaque with 2 Chronicles 16.9 to our special winner. And after that, we'll start a new drawing for a new plaque to give everyone another chance to win one of these lovely reminders of God's Word. And next time... I'm ready to retire so I can do more mission work. You've had this place your whole life. That just trucks, Ernie. It's provided a good income, but it's time for me to let go of this place. What if I bought it from you? I already know every inch of this place. What do you say? Will you sell it to me? Ernie Scott worked hard for a living. I bought his business and spent the next 20 years selling off what Harry had spent his entire life collecting and hoarding. Some guys would have been satisfied with the income I had, but not me. I was willing to do whatever it took to make as much money as I could. And when a stranger offered to invest in his business, he was convinced that it would make him wealthy. I'm telling you, Ernie, Bob's smarter than both of us combined. He thinks your property could produce a lot more income with a metal recycling business. I don't know. Do you want to make money or don't you? Don't miss part one of this powerful story of how hatred turned to murder. The true testimony of Ernie Scott on the next Unshackled. Heard in the true story we're calling second best were Kurt Nabig, Connie Foster, and Howard Friedland. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Emma Ware. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. 
Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, Jack O'Dell and Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>